Greetings, dream babies. It's your sleepy daddy, Wolf the Dog, and I am here to snooze 18 hours a day and eat garbage for the six waking hours. As for the other four hours in the day, well, I try to catch up on my math lessons. I am yawning at you live from 694.2 PTBP. The only radio station that definitely penetrates your sleep brainwaves even when the radio was turned off. This week's Howlin' with Wolf is from Ain't Slayed Nobody, a new actual play podcast playing down darker trails, the Old West setting for Call of Cthulhu. They done gone and tagged that pretending pod in a tweet, you hear? That's some western talk for you cowpokes out there. They write, Dear Wolf, isn't it time for a pretending to be pups spinoff? Think of the subscriber counts before you answer. Anyway, we reckon we were more excited than popcorn on a hot stove when we earned this announcement. We have some things in common, being a comedy horror podcast where we pretend to be people. In our case, cowpokes, drifters, prospectors. But the setting don't matter a lick when death is knocking down the door. Being as we're the new kids on the plane, We'd sure appreciate anyone who lets us bend their ear for an episode or two. Did we detect a little Texan accent there beneath the grit, Wolf? Via con Diablos, your friends at Ain't Slayed Nobody. Now listen here, bub. I don't do anything I do for some kind of subscriber count. I do everything I do to wet my own whistle. But I digress. That sounds like an interesting setting y'all got there. The Old West. This Texas you speak of. I feel as though I may have been there in a past life. Or future one. I have been all places at all times at some point, I am sure. My existence is persistent like that. Anyway, it sounds like a good time. I wish I knew what the fucking internet was so I could see a goddamn podcast. Just a simple tweet with a tag somewhere in it, or an Instagram story, at PretendingPod. That's all it takes. And then you can write up something for your old Wolfie to howl. Plus, all your followers will know what kind of filth you're into. Disclosure is good, my babies. Disclosure and money. Wolf the dog has an odd relationship with money. Paper money is crazy, and I don't understand how nobody uses it. But coin money? Now that's some shit you can get some grease on, baby. Grease up them coins and throw them in the bathtub and have yourself a good old time. And speaking of money, you can use some of yours to support the show over on Patreon.com slash PretendingPod. The month of May will be particularly blessed with an edited bonus episode wherein the boys take on a legendary house in Call of Cthulhu's The Haunting, as well as part one and part two, if all goes well, of the scenario voted on by the patrons Caleb Stokes, Lover in the Ice, a Delta Green favorite that gets nasty real quick. Those in the Den of Sin can expect a behind-the-scenes live stream of the recording process for part two of that game in the next few weeks. Enter the Den of Sin now and see the recorded stream of part one as soon as you join if you want to see how the sausage gets played. Patreon.com slash pretendingpod. If that felt like an advertisement, then squeeze that grip tighter until I bloop out the news. Those gosh dang contention police officers woke up in Ari Manstein's tomb again. That's the third time this story. What in the holy time traveling fuck is going on? They saved an old woman from a freakishly long-limbed creature in a black suit. Wow, that's nice. Then she died. That's not as nice. Keith, John, and Clark tried to convince an otherworldly being they were its deceased co-worker, Jim Cook. Realizing quickly that Keith was not Jim, the creature tried to get some info, but due to the lack of perspective, mostly just fucked with them, knowing it was going to wipe the memories of the past week at the end of the encounter. But did our beloved heroes allow themselves to be brain-mopped? Abso-fucking-lutely not. 
They remember everything. And then Drew Andrews pulled up. A few folks on the fine internet dropped a line to say Drew sounded too confident. Others suggested this was a more worldly Drew, like he'd seen some shit. I can't see shit either. Just a hot pile of yes please and a head full of kudzu with no backbone. Everybody, it's time for episode 77 with my best Woo! friends, Thomas and Luke and Joe and everybody. We can't sing on the Zoom call together because there's lag and you can't sing with me. 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 <laughs> <laughs> do you want to go ahead and get a, a cut of you introducing that better? Thomas can I'm suck kidding. my dick. I would like it. He is my least favorite person in the world, except for he's not. I am a dirty liar, and I love him so dearly, and I miss kissing his face. Oh, boy. Face. <laughs> Me. <laughs> I miss kissing your faces, I too. wanted to start today with a quick game where we try to kiss each other's faces. Uh, no, so uh, we play the price is right rules right with the with the mechanics of this game so real quick i want everyone to answer on like three two one you say us or you on who wins a roll so who wins if i roll a 52 on a 50 and you roll a 51 on a 60 Three, two, uh, one. Us. Yes, nice. And us. if I roll a zero seven on a forty, and you roll a forty five on a forty five, us, us. And if I roll a forty four on a seventy, and you roll an eleven on a fifty, us. I don't know on that I one. Actually, I think I think you. It's two crits versus two and crits, you get the higher so crit. What happens in two crit situations? The higher crit wins. Yeah, unless it's a. One. Unless it's a one. Now I've got one last for you. One last one for you. If I roll a zero one, ought one on a ten. You. And you roll a sixty nine on a sixty. <laughs> uh, you. Oh, us. You. Because that's a crit fail for us. No, oh, no, wait. isn't sixty nine's oh, always wait. a critical success, right? I don't and know. And it that trumps one. all others. Mm. Yeah. Oh, does it trump all others? It trumps a one. We've never. I guess it does. It's the, <laughs> it's right. the crit. It's, it's decreed. <laughs> tight, tight. So thank you. Uh, you all did very well. Almost, uh, almost perfect. But yeah, no, it's good to get that out. A solid C. <laughs> so uh, here are your degrees. Who's it signed by? Oh gosh, who would it be signed by? The Hamburglar. Zach. <laughs> Zacho. <laughs> This is great. I feel like we're in the last scene of A New Hope <laughs> where they're getting their awards. Everybody's. Oh, oh yeah. Right. So if you could all just bend down. I was trying to remember a scene in New Hope where they were like quizzing each other on numbers. I couldn't come <laughs> up with that scene. It's when they were trying to get into Mensa. Chewie loses. He freaks out. Drew just pulled up in the red 2001 Mitsubishi Eclipse, rolls down the window. Hello, contention police officers. Please get in the car and come with me. Drew! Drew. So good to see you, Drew. Wait, what? You are, and you are, and you, who are you? Oh, hey, Drew. Uh, well, uh, I'm John Lee Kevin Moore, in a manner of speaking. You see, Kevin was Marvin Glass's uh, uh, main enforcer, along along with Rosemary. Uh, but he was actually the lobotomized—I mean, completely brain-removed—body uh, of my of my father. Oh my! And this is God. John. I'm John. Yeah, I'm John, and I'm in this body now. John Lee Petty, the missing John Lee Pettymore. I, is that what they're calling me? Well, John Lee Pettymore the third disappeared so long ago. Everyone just assumed he right. died. Right. I. Yes, he did. Right. I don't understand. 
Well, I'm looking at you right now. I'm so, but you're saying that you are now. Drew has been through a lot with you guys, <laughs> and he did, in fact, witness the Catman switching bodies. So this is um, he can roll with the idea of somebody being in somebody else's body. I a like little what you're bit saying better. Here. Yeah, <laughs> he's going to be able to uh, slightly understand that and. So John Lee Pettymore the fourth is in the body of John Lee Pettymore the third, and your body is. Where's your body? Well, my body was rendered useless. You know what? We can get into all this later. I don't really know if we have time to explain ball to you. What's contention like? Oh, we have to get back. I mean, we are in desperate need of help. Okay, so contention is working still, yes, of course, uh, and we we're working on puddle teaming everywhere. So, basically, what we got to do puddle teaming, puddle teaming, yeah. So you guys should probably come. I mean, that's why I'm here. I'm here to come get you so that you can come back to contention and help because you are the only police officers that we had, and you all abandoned us. And I wanted to come find you and bring you back so that you could help us. Thank you so much for doing that. But with these deep man-made puddles all over contention so that if you know somebody sees the residue coming then you can like jump into the uh, the you know the puddle that's teeming right so baths whose idea was this true D- did you did you organize this true oh gosh no it was daddy uh it was pastor adam uh kane it was pastor adam kane that did that and did he's you call him daddy? Over. yeah why did you call him daddy what? No, it's just, it's a fun, it's a fun thing. He's like kind of, um, okay, so contention's pretty wrecked, right? And so we needed a leader and uh, Pastor Adam Kane is taking care of everyone at the First Creek family of contention. And so everyone is there and that's how we're staying safe. Uh, how long have we been gone? Oh yeah, no, this all popped up in like a day. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I just wanted to be known we didn't abandon you. We were pursuing leads, relevant leads. We're professionals, true. Yeah, we were just doing now. our jobs. I mean, we eliminated a couple huge threats to the town. Marvin Glass won't be sticking his weird-looking face in our business anymore, for one, because he's he's dead. <laughs> or maybe he's not dead yet in this timeline, Wait, but what? he will be due to our actions in the past. You haven't seen us since we left contention, right? No. Okay, good. Wait, Probably. What? Don't worry about it. We'll explain all of this on the way back to contention. Have you been receiving calls from us? Have you? Has your phone been off or something? Oh, I... And pulls out a burner and is like, sorry, I had to get a burner because I got wet. I had to jump in a puddle. <laughs> You said you said that right. you got this this puddle teaming thing going on, and you got people who are jumping into puddles if they see the the ooze. Are you able to see the ooze now? No, no. We use kids and crazy people. Kids can see the ooze. Yeah, maybe that was just a bit too much uh, tell, not show. But yeah, we use kids and crazy people to do it because they can see the ooze. No, I, I think me and my partners are all glad you told us <laughs> instead of <laughs> relying on us to see those details. Uh, so kids and crazy folks, huh? Yeah, they can see it for some reason. So basically, uh, we use them to scout, you know, locations. But these puddles uh, are are everywhere. You know, it's it's really good. We also call it bass brimming. All right, what do you do with people when their foot gets too pruney? Oh no, it doesn't take long. Uh, you just stay in there for like ten minutes, and then the the residue will move away. It seems like a pretty good system. I mean, we can't live like this forever, is what I'm trying to say. We, we're trying to come well, up with a solution. people have been through worse, Drew, you know. I don't think they have. Throughout human history. Then being hunted by an unknown ooze that most of them can't see unless they're crazy? Yeah. Oh, okay. The war, you know. I mean, <laughs> it just seems like you got the puddles. I agree that the implementation has been fantastic and the safety, uh, thank you for saying that, the safety measures taken have been very good, but what we are trying to do now is get back to a sense of normalcy and we would appreciate having the police officers of contention help us in that regard. Well, okay, of course we will come back and help you, but it is way too soon, I think, to close the puddles. 
<laughs> I walk over to the passenger side and get in. Drew, you, 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 you say you want to return to a sense of normalcy and, uh, and that you guys have been working on ideas. You have, has, have you or Pastor Adam Kane come up with any ideas that seem viable so far? I'm sorry, Daddy Kane is who he means. Oh, no, you can call him. You can call him Pastor. It's fine. You know, it's just... Anyway, um, what was the question? Do you, do you have any ideas, any, any thoughts on uh, any theories? Have, have, have you developed any idea about how to maybe vanquish the ooze once and for all? Okay, so we can collect it with fish. With fish? Go on. Right, so... How'd you figure that one out? Oh, okay, so I wasn't there, but apparently a fish can, like, gather the residue. It, like, sucks up into it, basically, into its mouth, and then you can squeeze it out. To what end? Oh, to get rid of it. I mean, if you needed to put it all somewhere, right? If you, uh, so we're just kind of collecting fish that have it. How do you know if the fish have so it? So the the and what you're, you're saying you're is the like pastor squirt. is collecting all of the ooze in one place. Oh yeah, I guess you could say that is what we're doing. Oh my god, is he putting it into like barrels or one? How's big he collecting ooze it in pool? one place? I don't know. I'm place. not there. Mm. Okay, I, I like think we need to go talk to this yeah, guy. We need to get back to contention. Yeah. Remind me not to eat any of his fish fry on Friday. How quote unquote crazy would a feller have to be to see the ooze? Oh, um if you put a numerical value on your sanity from one to one hundred. Sure, sure. At what threshold might you uh might you say someone would would start to see the ooze. I think it's uh, totally a matter of either losing five or more at once or hitting a breaking point. Or going to zero. That's a that's a very concise uh, and to the point. And and I, I I appreciate how you ran with my my metaphor straight away. Yeah, you picked that up real quick. That was good. I'm just trying to be more forthright here in the end times. Hey, Drew, did you ever get that cat carrier we sent you off for? Yeah, of course. All right, just checking. I mean, hey, how have you have you been have you been spending your money? Uh, yeah, no, I um, no. Yeah, oh, that sounds right. Hey, the feller we sold it to, he's dead. Wait, what? Yeah. The Duke it is dead? It was Keith's brother. The Duke was Ferguson Beans? Yeah, and Keith killed him. Why don't we talk about it on the way back? Okay. Montage. <laughs> Road trip montage to contention. Road trip <laughs> we filled Drew in on the last 30 contention. episodes. contention. Drew looks at you guys and is like, so... You guys had the gun and the camera and the Nike bag. Do you guys have all those with you? Uh, the gun and the camera are back at uh, Marvin's, but don't worry. We've got a plan that eventually our past selves are going to pop out of the ground and then we're going to go and get them. So don't worry about that. Thank you. Say that again. How much time do you reckon we have to get back to contention? Like, could we maybe go, go run and see a movie and wait until the wee morning hours to leave the city? Because if we do, then we could bring the gun and the camera back. Does he have the bag, too? Yeah, Marvin's got that bag, too, huh? So, yeah, I mean, if you think people could, uh, you know, puddle it out for another 12 to 18 hours, say, and until we can just stroll on into that glass compound, which will pretty soon be, be ruined. How is it going to be ruined? Well, uh, <laughs> a pretty funny sequence of events, honestly. We could probably just go get some seats and watch it happen. <laughs> Again, if you think we can we can spare the time. I mean, do you need us back in contention by this evening or can we can we wait until, you know, maybe we get the gun and the camera and then hit up a diner and get a nice like breakfast and then head back to contention tomorrow morning. There is something in contention I think I would be important for us to check out. What's that? What's that? I think it's easier to show you than to explain, but we need to go back to my my hotel first, and it'll make a lot more sense. Are you talking about checking on your on your dog? Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, I guess <laughs> I do need to do that too. That's my question to Drew. Drew, do you think we need the gun and the camera and the Nike bag before we head back to contention? Okay. Here's what I'm going to say. I think that having the gun and the camera and the Nike bag would be a huge plus. However, the most important thing is that you guys 
come back with me to contention. I will say, though, if we do wait, uh, contention will be a different place when we get there. I'm sure of it. What do you mean? That doesn't sound good. No, I just mean like I have a feeling the situation happening in contention currently will have changed, maybe even escalated if we were to not handle it currently. Sure, sure. If we <laughs> were if to go do something else. On it's some t- sort entirely of up to you guys, because there's three of you and there's only one of me. And this whole fish thing collecting the ooze. Oh, right, yeah. The pastor rubbed me wrong the first time I met him anyway, so. The pastor did what to you? He was not very <laughs> welcoming to me. Well, I find that deeply hard to understand. What a wise man. Well, Keith kind of... <laughs> Keith that up to be honest have you always had this admiration for Pastor Adam Cain or is that uh, it's just that when someone steps up in the face of crisis you have to give thanks where thanks is due Drew you haven't uh, you haven't tithed to this fella have you roll human ooh 55 what do I have fuck I've got a 50 so critical (laughs) fail dang John Lee Pettymore, no matter which body you're in, I think that you of all people would understand that what is Drew Andrews's money is Drew Andrews's money. All right, just don't get taken for a fool. No one could ever call me a fool. Uh, wow, that sounded really ominous <laughs> and for- and forceful for you, Drew. Drew, have you ever branded somebody a fool? I've been gone for one day, maybe. You've been gone for one day. And, like, I know we set up a whole thing, but you think I started branding people with my newfound fame and fortune? Not fame, but fortune? I'd like to human this. No. (laughs) Oh, okay, good. (laughs) I, for one, am going to throw the hat in the ring that uh, I don't know what the gun in the camera is much down there. I think we should get down there, do what we can. Do we have one name left on us or two? We got two. We got Tildy. Okay, so this isn't... And, uh, true? We don't need to bring everything... Wait, hold on. You guys have my name on you? contention to wrap it all up. No, no, no. It's, uh... You're on our mind. Uh, Keith was just about to say, Drew, you're, uh... It's so great to, that you came and got... Yeah, I was going to we say, here? we've how got you, Tildy written on us, and cemetery? Drew, this is another thing we'll have to explain on the way, but we got names written on us. Wait. Okay, you got my name written on you, and no, 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 no. Oh, you got Tildy. You j- I mean, Keith, even though that just, is what it sounded like, you just said the word almost exactly word for no. word. I mean, it sounded like. I- I do you even know what you're myself. talking about, Keith Vigno? When you I speak, do you got- ever know what's coming out of your mouth? <laughs> Bubblegum tree. Now, Drew, you don't get to Bubble talk to him tree. like that. Oh yeah. He could just be repeating what we said, bubblegum tree. He could just be repeating what we said, bubblegum tree. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, shit. But yeah, I do wonder, is this the real Drew Andrews? Tell us something Drew Andrews would know. I sold a pallet of cocaine with John Lee Pettymore IV for $10 million to the Duke. Wow, Drew, you just said that out loud with other officers in the car. Drew Drew looks around to see if there's anybody besides you guys in the car. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I thought they knew. I'm just messing with you, Drew. I, I I know about it. I'm disappointed in it, but... What's your cousin's name? Emmett. He's the EMT. Yeah, Emmett the EMT. Okay. If you're still wondering who I am, Keith Vigna, thank you very much. I went and picked up a cat carrier to go take a cat that had the soul of an FBI agent inside of it. So... Maybe don't question me. <laughs> okay, okay. We just got to be careful, you know. Well, if he if he is fake, he's a really he's a very good facsimile. So I get behind him and and start peeling his face off. <laughs> no, I don't do that. It would be really hard. <laughs> Drew, can you take us to? Can you take us to my hotel? Yeah, real quick. Um, who has the best human? I have eighty. Oh, go ahead and roll that eighty. Check that out. <laughs> I can't, Can I can't see, see that? what that says. It's a 79 on an 80. <laughs> oh, nice. Keith nice. Vigna, you know that something is up. Drew is acting strange, obviously. Yeah. That's why you questioned him on it. But he definitely skipped out on the question of how he knew 
where you were. Yeah. John Lee Pettymore's eyes roll back in his head. And he Ooh. he feels ten points lucky luckier less unluckier luck L- luck luckless. Can we watch this? Or no, let's kick lucky. you out. Hey Thomas. Hey Zach. What what uh what are you looking for in the deeps depths of John Lee Pettymore's mind? John Lee Pettymore is going to use his clairvoyance talent. By spending 10 luck, and he wants to know if this Drew can be trusted. Like, even if it is the real Drew, can we still trust Drew? John Lee Pettymore, as your... Sorry. John Lee Kevin Moore. What I have on my character sheet is uh, Kevin John Pettymore the third. <laughs> I love it. Kevin John Pettymore but I think, the third. I think thirth. John Lee Pettymore the third works, too. John Lee Pettymore the third. Your eyes roll into the back of your head and you see a reflection. It's your daddy. Well, it's the, it's the body you're in currently, but it's back when he was still your daddy. You recognize the face from pictures. The reflection is poor, clouded and gray. It's a television screen and the television turns on and you see the empty interior of the contention police station and it's a mess it's a wreck there's water that's been splashed all over the place there's files just like riddling this place. i mean over the floor over everything it's it's where you, you know it's in the state that you last saw it and the channel changes you see jim cook in an abandoned gas station briefing three familiar faces you recognize from a file in marvin glass's compound as a team called K-Cell, comprised of this young John Lee Pettymore III, a.k.a. Kevin, a man called Kyle, and Karen, which is the alias of Anne Love. As the three are leaving this derelict come-and-go, you see Jim Cook calls Karen back real quick to have a word in private. The channel changes. Back in the disheveled contention police station, Drew Andrews leans on a two-tiered plastic cart as he pushes it towards the evidence room. He punches in the code, enters with an empty cart, and rolls on out with the radio on top and the helmet on bottom. And that helmet is sitting on the briefcase that you know contains Drew's cut. Five million dollars. The channel changes, and you see Drew pushing this full cart up through the sanctuary of the First Church of Contention, which is hard to recognize with all of its pews removed. And the TV turns off. Click. But then, the glass of the television screen slowly rolls down like a car window as Karen screams. She's holding these two people at gunpoint in their own hallway just to the right of you, and they refuse to tell her what she wants to know. Where is it? She screams behind the screen. Inside this television, you see there's a book. It seems to be made of a strange, uncured leather that's got, like, maybe some hair on it, a few freckles. It's the human book. You blink, and you're staring at your reflection again in this completely normal television screen. You stand up and turn to Karen, who is now maniacally laughing as she shoves her pistol into the man's mouth while forcing the woman to watch. You feel a decision inside yourself being made. It's not here. I mean, he talks like that now, but <laughs> probably sounded normal back then. It's not here. Think, hey. hey, we got it. <laughs> Karen's eyes light up as she begins chanting in some tongue, either ancient or alien, and this couple begins rising slowly, steadily off the carpet. Do I recognize the couple? Yeah, you've you've seen Is it is it Clark's parents? It's Clark's parents. It's Eunice and Jerry Bishop. Clark's parents. Okay. You've seen their picture 
every day for a while sitting on Clark Bishop's desk. Your vision shifts completely to a close-up of a man's left hand. Blood is flowing down from his forearm and dripping from his fingers. And you see Drew Andrews lean into frame and kiss the ring on this man's hand's bloody fourth digit. So (laughs) what I'm getting uh, from my question, can we trust Drew, is no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that's going to be a no dog. Okay. Uh, Did Keith say he was in the front seat or the back seat? Front seat. I'm going to say I am in the, I'm directly behind him. Okay. Do you want me to bring the other two back? Right rear passenger seat. Yes. All right, John Lee Pettymore the Third is ten luck lighter as his eyes immediately come fluttering back into reality, and he looks to his left and sees Clark Are Bishop in the backseat right, right next to him. As you're driving, yeah, on the highway towards contention, and Keith Vigna is up sitting shotgun with. Drew Andrews driving this red 2001 Mitsubishi Eclipse. I've I've seen it before, and it led to good things, so I just let it happen. I, I might, you know what I do? I'll, I'll like tap I Keith look behind on the me shoulder and, like, and just kind of point. He's doing the thing. Shh, Remember, shh, he, he was able to like see things and then he's last back. time. I don't know what the. Uh, hey Drew, can you pull off at the next exit? I, I'm so sorry, but I really have to pee. This old body, the bladder isn't, you know. <laughs> not as strong as I'm used to. I'm still adjusting to the new corpus. So, uh, could we? Could we? Pl- I just I'm about I'm about to piss all over your car uh, if we don't, you know, pull over right 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 now at this next exit at this gas station. That really freaks Keith out. Hey, John, I understand that maybe when you're in an older body, you know, some bodily functions don't work the same way that we used to, and you know, you're not as trained in knowing when your body needs to go, but I'm going to need you to maybe just like hold it because as you well know, there aren't any gas stations in between the city and contention. It's only an hour drive. Uh, uh, Okay. Well, um, I lied. I don't need to pee. I'm about to shit my pants. (laughs) I'm going to shit. And this car is going to smell like shit the whole ride. Please pull over, Drew. Oh, Drew. These guys have some bad memories about an old man shitting all over the place. It'll probably make them barf all over the car. It's just because of the memories, though. (laughs) Even if we just find a field or something. Oh, no. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, (laughs) yeah. I, I mean... I, I like just pull over on the side of the road and I will go shit in that long grass. I swear to God. Yeah, no, of course. For sure. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll drive you. He uh, sees this like little country road that's going off, little gravel road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take this, turns off and drives down it just a little bit and then is like, hey, do you think here is fine? Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Just just pull over. Just pull over to the side of the road. Uh, You're next to a cornfield. <laughs> But it's, com- it's December. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> so it's just flat land that you can clearly see through. I'll just I'll just I'll just duck down low. As we're pulling in, I'm nervous and I have my hand on my gun, but not like out. I think Clark is oblivious. He, he thinks, <laughs> oh shit, John's got a shit. <laughs> to that end, uh John steps hard on your toe. Oops, John, you got me on my foot there. John gives gives Clark like he he stares daggers at him. Okay, so the car is stopped. The car as as soon as the car stops, John pulls his gun on Drew. As soon as I see that, I pull my gun on Drew. <laughs> All of too. our eyes just got so big. Clark doesn't pull his gun right away and is startled. John says to Drew, "Put it in park, or I'll blow your brains out." Oh, Trust John, me. John, John, Trust me, fellas, put it in fucking park, Drew. Drew puts the car in park. Take the keys out and hand them to Keith. <sighs> uh, Drew takes the keys out and hands them to Keith. All right, now slowly exit the vehicle. Clark, Clark, you you John, what, you get what, out too, and you keep on? him covered. As soon as he's out, I want you to put him in handcuffs. I don't understand. This understand. ain't our I'll, Drew. Oh, it ain't our our Drew. Money changes. Uh, Clark man. is going ahead and starting to get out. I answered all your questions. I answered all your questions. I don't know why you don't think I'm me. It happened all the time. What, John? I mean, you're not even John. What's going on? Hold on, just a second. Murphy keeps barking at the door. 
What the hell did that mean? (laughs) (laughs) I think he's got a shit real bad. Murphy's barking at the door. I think that's what that means. (laughs) (laughs) I know you already said you have to go poop. (laughs) Drew Andrews slowly opens the driver's side of this car. Get on him, Clark. Cover him. I'm, I'm doing it. And hands in the air. Okay, I guys, I don't know what's going on here, but I would really thank you to not do whatever you're about to do. I, Drew, can you even be sure Drew, you can trust this, John? Because Drew, this isn't the real talking. John. Stop talking. Stop talking right now, Drew. I, uh, I'm putting his hands behind his back and I'm saying, Drew, I'm, I'm sorry, but I... Pat I, him down. I, I gotta, Pat him down. I gotta, I gotta trust my partner here and I'm cuffing him. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Drew's not going to resist. Drew. Uh, wait, wait, hey, I, I turn I turn back to you. All right, John, what's going on here? I don't like having Drew in handcuffs. This isn't right. I know. He knows it, too. Ever since I came back into this body, I've had the ability to peer beyond the veil. Now, it takes something from me, but I can see moments from this sphere uh, in which I did not participate. Like the future or? And the past. This time it was just the past, and what I saw in the past was that Drew took the radio, the helmet, and all his money from the evidence locker and gave it to the church. And then he kissed some creepy bloody hand with a ring, a wedding band on its finger. So Drew, my question to you is why did you take those items to the church? I mean, it's simple really. When someone is quick to take control of a situation, then they have all the power. And people who have all the power have the ability to make other people do things that they may not want to do. And I was one of those people who was made to do something that I didn't want to do. They said that I could, I could be, I could be saved. I could have, I could have my life. I could be safe if I brought these things. And so I, it was my only, it was my only option Oh, Drew. Drew, you didn't think to ask us or call us. Roll human. Me? Yeah. 38. You all can. Three. Ooh, a seven. I pass with my little dinky score. Joe and I just humanated the shit out of Drew. I lost my dice. Those are pretty important for what we're doing here today, Zach. (laughs) That's a crit fail. Make some numbers up. Yeah, if you just want to say numbers, that's fine. That's what we've been doing. (laughs) When I dropped my dice earlier, I couldn't find it, so... I accidentally threw away my character sheet. I've just been winging it. That's a pass. <laughs> okay, what, what did everyone roll? 38 on a 80. 3 on a 50. 7 on a 30. Yeah, it seems like he was stuck between a rock and a hard place and had to make a decision, and this is the call that he made. How'd the pastor know about the money? Well, he kind of tortured me. What? True. When he says that, I kind of look him over. Is there any visible torture on his body? Drew lifts up his shirt. There is a ring of, like, blistered skin on his stomach, on his round belly. Oh, God, Drew. There are scratch marks, cuts, and, like, bite marks, like, all over, like, the inside of this circle. The pastor did this to you? Well... You do that thing where you heat up a container of rats... And they try to escape by clawing through your belly. Uh, and Drew just pukes. Something crosses his mind, and he just like retches and is like, oh, oh. vomit splashes on his feet. John, can I can I get him out of these cuffs? This this is this is this is just sad. We keep- I don't know if we should take him out of the cuffs. I mean, I think we can keep him with us and not fear for our safety, but maybe we should keep him detained until we know the full extent of the hold this pastor has over him. If we haven't patted him down, it might be a good time to make sure he doesn't have any kind of... I get out of the passenger seat, I go over and I hug Drew, but then I pat him down after I give him a hug. There is a small piece of cheap carpet in his pocket. It is a little damp, and it's been rubbed on something that is like red or like dark red 
basically looks like a tiny piece of cheap carpet that's been dipped in blood. Drew, but maybe not dipped, but just like a little bit rubbed. Drew, on it. what what is this? Uh, it's nothing. Drew, come on. It's obviously something. It's it's something that was in your pocket. It looks like it's a real strange item you got there. No, it's just I I found it in the car. In this car, Drew. Uh, everybody roll human. Everybody roll human. 72 on a 43 80. on a 50. I mean, he didn't find it in the car. Drew, we know he didn't find this in no car. Just tell us what it is. You know we're just trying to help. We're the good guys. I don't... I Are you still a good guy, I Drew? I don't know if you are. Do you remember what happened to the town of Contention while it was under your watch? It was under your People watch, lost too, Drew. Everyone. People lost their animals. People lost their families. Drew, Drew, you know as well as us that we did we did everything we could. We were working the case the whole time. It's not everything like we abandoned you anybody. Could. Didn't talk to anyone about anything. Didn't let the public know what was going on. Didn't respond to any calls. Drew, we responded to every call we could. Now you you well know, working for the department yourself, that we were ill-equipped and had none of the resources we needed to face a full-on reality-shattering catastrophe. John, are you ill-equipped for everything that you've ever come across in your life? Drew, does this little carpet sample, is this some kind of magic talisman that the preacher's using to control you? Yes. <laughs> wow, that was a hell of a swing and a, yeah, swing right. and a hit there, John. Good, good work on that. I'm fucking kidding. It's not what it is, thank you very much. Like, you can just say something and then it's true. Drew. You've never been sarcastic a day in your life. Something's wrong with you. Something in you is not you. What's going on here? I just don't understand why you guys don't believe me. We be- we believe that you were tortured and gave up the gun. Okay. We just, or not the gun, you know, the Adams. Yeah. Obviously that affected you. Sorry about the whole rat thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's that's rough. So what have I done wrong? Tell us what this is, where well, it came from. We need you, yeah. We need you to tell us what this is. <sighs> okay, um... I'll show you. Hand, hand me the... Just put it in my mouth. And Drew opens up his I mouth. look at the other officers. What do you think, fellas? I mean, he's cuffed still. You're the one who's been r- real suspicious here. I I, do you think it could be something he could use against us in some way? What's it, what are you going to do if I do that? You asked earlier if this if if telling you about this will make us like be cool cuz I don't know why you put me in handcuffs all of a sudden like I haven't done anything wrong. So if this will make us cool then I'll just tell you the truth about this. I didn't want to blow your minds or anything, but just like you asked earlier about how I knew where you were and this is how I knew where you were. So tell me like who you want to know where they are and like what they're doing or something and put that in my mouth. Okay. Well- yeah, why don't you just tell us the nature of this item? I, b- I believe you. You don't have to demonstrate. If you believe me, then take me out of these handcuffs. Thank you very much. No, no, no. You got to tell us what exactly it does and how you came across it. I put it in my throat, and it chokes me out until I almost die. I go unconscious a little bit, and I see where whoever I'm thinking about is. <laughs> <laughs> Drew, I'm almost certain someone is playing a prank on you. <laughs> Keith gets excited, puts the carpet in his mouth, and says, Tildy. Holy shit. You got to shove it in there, like making a dog take a pill. Okay. Describe describe it in detail. This seems like something that someone should draw. <laughs> Mid-sentence, he just grabs Drew's mouth, opens his mouth up, shoves the carpet in there, closes his mouth, and says Tildy B. Drew? Drew, you you there? Oh, I almost threw up. (laughs) Hold hold on, Clark. You gotta let him nearly die. I'm uh, I'm looking at his eyes, though. Is he conscious? Like, is he aware of his surroundings and all that as he's choking? Yeah. Yeah, he's just choking. He's got to pass out for the magic to happen. He slowly gets on his hands and... Well, no, he's handcuffed. Is he handcuffed behind the back or in front? I said behind earlier, yeah. So he gets down on his knees and... I'm, I'm, I'm kind of helping him down. Okay, yeah. And then help him onto his side. That's what he's trying to do. That's what I do. And he's just like choking, choking, choking. And then he like... 
and then it's completely still. And then this like small little like violently red burst shoots out of his mouth and this carpet it only comes like halfway out. It's mostly just blood he spits out. Carpet's hanging out of his mouth and he like starts chewing on it a little bit. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah, that is that is not wonderful. If you could un unhandcuff me, please, now that we're friends. Um, Tilly B. Mitchell is in a dark container. Uh, it seems to be four walls made of some sort of material that uh, she cannot get out of. And I couldn't really make out everything that was her whole, like, deal. But she didn't seem to be uh, tan. Is very very pale. Cool. Uh, anybody else you guys want to know? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, please. Yeah, please, what, what's what's please. Jay Leno doing right now? I just can't. I can't. Did you see? What shove it in. Shove it in there. Shove it in there. Let's see what old Jay's up to. I bet he's driving a car. I need a sanity sanity roll from. Clark Bishop and John Lee Pettymore the Thirth. I mean, you think we give a shit about his little vision carpet? I hope so. You like with everything we've seen at this no, point. No, you're rolling sanity for making him like choke and like basically torturing him. He's like crying on the ground right now. I mean, Keith did that. Plus, Drew told us it would happen. It's not like it was unexpected. So you're cool with just being like, "Yeah, that's fine." <laughs> no, apparently not, because I rolled a ninety-seven. <laughs> <laughs> John, this hits you deep. This hits you so deep. You feel like all at once you're like, oh, I could have stopped Keith from doing that. And we could have we could have asked Drew if we could have made it more comfy on him somehow or at least gotten him out of cuffs before we got him like choking violently on the ground, gasping for air, unable to like see any future for himself in that moment. I do not regret keeping him cuffed while we tested out the magical item with only his word for what it did. I think that's super fair. Lose one sanity. <laughs> uh, I failed my roll. Uh, you're going to lose one sanity as well. That makes me hit my breaking point on the dot. Okay. Well, let's roll on the table, baby. I'm going to get Thomas and Luke out of here. Bye. So you're going to roll a D100 three times while I pull up the core rule book for Call of Cthulhu 7th edition. Got a 56, a 98, and an 89. That's weird. Also, to calculate breaking point, it's your sanity minus power. Sanity minus power. Correct. So I've got a new breaking point of six. One more mania to go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, we'll, we'll do, we're going to do a mania on the first one and a phobia on the second one. How about uh how about uh how about uh mania? Alrighty, Joe, you rolled a fifty-six, which is Ichthyomania. Oh my god. Is it uh, it's an fish? obsession with fish? <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, I think we got our winner right off the yeah, bat. Pretty pretty much. <laughs> uh just to hit the other ones, uh ninety-eight is typhlomania, which is pathological blindness. Okay. And then scribblomania, obsession with scribbling or doodling. That would have been good for if we didn't have a fish thing in there, we could the have had that. <laughs> yeah, so uh yeah, taking the see, fish. it's an obsession with fish. The way that I should play this though is like when they are present, right? Like I don't have to like seek out fish from now on, right? <laughs> I think maybe uh maybe now and then you can seek out fish if you would like to. Uh maybe if if Clark Bishop Oh, I brought them back too soon. But uh oh, but otherwise I'm, I'm you. you don't need yeah. I'm with you. Alrighty. When you guys rolled sanity, Thomas rolled over his power. Did Joe as well? No, I did not. I rolled a thirty four on an eighteen on a nineteen. Okay, so as as Drew spits some more blood out of his mouth, he's kinda like leaning up as Clark Bishop is like helping him up i think maybe even losing the sanity like helping him up even even quicker like oh shit what have i done kind of thing mm -hmm. and he's like yeah tilde <clears throat> tilt tilde is uh, dark dark room it, does he still have the carpet like hanging out of his mouth yeah i want to pull it out for him thank you who are you gonna ask about 
Keith, I don't, I don't want to put him through that again. That, that was, that was awful. That's a, that's a worst case scenario deal right there. John is running off into the field, and it looks like he's trying to pull his own head off. <laughs> John, you just hear him like he's screaming, and it just starts like it's fading a little bit in the distance. Keith watches that for a couple seconds, and then turns back to Drew. Who did the? Who else did the pastor make you look for? Clark. Clark is uh, maybe starting to head off toward John, hollering after him. You see John like trip over a golfer hole or something out in the field, and he just like eats dirt, and he he slowly gets to his feet, and he kind of like he looks back, and he John you, he shakes himself off. You're all, you're all right over there. What was, you took yeah yeah I'm all right I'm all right. It's just a. Uh, just a consequence of body swapping. Sometimes, you know, you gotta run. You gotta run. You gotta run it off. The mind gets a little at odds with the body. Kind of like, why am I here? Who am I? You know, what's going on? What's? I, I'd say I understand. It's all but good. I, it's all I, good. I, I don't, it's all good. But if you're saying you're okay now, that that sounds good. You see his arms like twitch and try to pull his head off, like seemingly one more time. Then he he flops him around like spaghetti, <laughs> and takes a big big breath of air. <laughs> And he pats his legs and, like, dusts himself off and it starts walking back to the car. As they're out in the field, Keith asks who else the pastor wanted to look into. Uh, yeah, no, uh, <clears throat> thankfully I, he, I just did it a few times uh, just, to find, just to find you. Did you look for all of us or just one of us or what? Uh, it was you mostly. Me. You know, and as he says that, you see a flurry of movement in the distance. Far beyond John and Clark, both walking back through the field, there's a barn. And a dark blur is whipping around from behind it, energetically bounding hurriedly into the foreground. Drew no longer sees any of you. He is only gawking eagerly at this frenzied black lab making its way toward you all. His big ass gums flapping about in the brisk December 6th wind, Drew cries out, Tyler! Yeah, Clark Clark is Tyler! Clark is really fucking excited. 